0: Welcome to episode three of the Habibi Collective podcast, an educational and insider guide to the film industry. We are 100% independent and volunteer-led, so if you enjoy listening to our free podcast series, please consider donating at patreon.com forward slash Habibi Collective or on our website HabibiCollective.com. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce Bufina, the co-founder and brains behind Cinema Akhil, an independent cinema in Dubai. Bethina has been involved in programming a number of cinema pop-ups, including focus on the UAE and is the producer of the short documentary film Letters to Palestine, which won the Special Jury Prize at the Abu Dhabi Film Festival. She has served on the jury for the IMEs Asia and Africa competition, among many others, and is member of the UAE Academy Awards Committee. She has also worked as a project manager in television and radio stations in the UAE at the media conglomerates Arab Media Group and Dubai Media Incorporated. Welcome. Uh, So my first question is uh, naturally about uh, the cinema. So why did you feel like Dubai needed an independent cinema? Uh, How did you actually start it? uh, And particularly in relation to funding? How far back do you want to go? Because uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a life
1: life. (laughs) Now what feels like a life, you know, lifelong uh, project, because You know, I started doing uh, pop-up programming in my personal capacity, you know, about 10 years ago uh, in Dubai uh, out of the frustration uh, after we had to shut. I was working on a big uh, kind of television project. We were launching a sort of an arts and culture centric uh, television station on Pan Arab TV, which was, you know, the sort of the highest uh, uh, viewed, you know, medium in the region. I mean, pan-Arab television just means it's, you know, free-to-air television on satellite uh, TV, which reaches, you know, a market of 360 million people across the, the 22 Arabic-speaking countries. Um, so we were trying, under the umbrella of the Arab Media Group at the time, which ran MTV and Nickelodeon, to launch a project called called Scene TV, which was, you know, trying to be some sort of a Arab answer hybrid of. You know ZDF, Arte, um, IFC, and you know Al Jazeera documentary, sort of an amalgamation, Sundance challenge, channel, something that provided um, a platform on uh, sort of mainstream media for uh, the what seemed to be at the time a very heavy focus of the Dubai strategy on arts and culture, you know, projects. So there was a lot of investment, uh, you know, available to contribute to something like this. Um, so I was, I was heading that project at the time. And uh, we were hit with the economic crisis, a lot of projects, you know, got restructured, uh, you know, the whole thing uh, had to be shut down. And I was left there after, you know, a year uh, of uh, of acquisitions of, you know, documentary programming, feature films. I mean, our the first feature film we Acquired free-to-air rights for was Anne Marie at the time, Menhaj al bahar or uh, Salt of the Sea, um, you know, and and we we had all these titles at our disposal and no way of of really being able to program them, you know, to the local audience. So what I did was I kind of did an, an you know, a complete inverse um, reaction to what I was working on for, you know trying to reach the entire region, which, you know, now you know seems like you know it seems steeped in in a certain, you know, hopeful naivete. But, you know, I really wanted to focus, you know, closer to the space that was, you know, rising and to the scene that was kind of coming up in Dubai of, you know, of what, you know, what looked like it was, you know, it was, it was a new movement, but it, you know, in reality wasn't. And, you know, there was an absence of a film space and a language for, you know, for a cinema outside of the you know Starsa did you know red carpet film festivals that were then you know all the all the rage um you know we wanted something that was um you know more grassroots and and focused on community programming so I took a lot of i got a lot of the the rights cleared for public screening and started to tie up with you know the those spaces that were coming up and just independently you know started to shop those around you know um and try to 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 build an audience. For those screenings um, we tied up with you know with galleries and uh, and and uh, co-working spaces and that sort of thing to 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 bring the films to life and that's where I started to realize that you know there really is a a deficit of a of an informal critical you know community um, platform space uh, you know zone effectively that, you know, that, that encompassed people who were looking to see those ideas they were grappling with, with this surge of, you know, of, of what, you know, what I was thinking of as arts and culture, you know, touch points, um, which were highly commercialized at the time, because it was mainly commercial galleries that were driving it and the fairs um, to, you know, to to look at it using a film, uh, a film language and a film lens and, you know, and and simply also the lack of uh, platforms for regional content and films that were you know that would come to the uae vis-a-vis the film festivals win a bunch of awards and then never really you know have the see the light of day in theaters so that was another thing that i was solving for um, and then after doing that for you know for for a couple of programs um, obviously all of this was you know was was non-commercial completely underground it was not set up as a there was no business structure to it it was just you know kind of an, um, an independent uh, sort of rage uh, that uh, that culminated in this uh, in, in this in this idea um, and I went away I left the UAE for a couple of years to uh, to pursue my master's and then came back and really felt like you know this is the time to you know to I was, I was looking for something that would be um a space that uh, really translated uh, these ideas that we had kind of been uh, grappling with and and um and and uh, and defining even through the films that we were bringing through the independent venture uh into an actual structure and that's where the idea of cinema came up um, and I had a co-founder at the time who was also interested in the building of an art house uh, cinema space. Uh, we had different views on what that would look like uh, in terms of you know, how much do we import uh, the idea of what an art house is supposed to achieve um, or look like even, or, or, or smell like, or sound like, like a lot of these kind of te- you know, tactile aspects of what an art house function uh, does. You know, uh, if, I, if we're referencing certain you know archetypes of of arts and of of, of art house programming or art house spaces, um, you know, in the UK or in mostly in Western Europe as the as the as the key kind of reference point. Versus how do you build one that is, um, you know, completely uh, indigenous or trying to be indigenous and of the space. So naturally, that you know took on a very kind of uh, iterative process, and in parallel with the. Negotiation of that, you know, of that space and the spatial elements of it, and the the, the business components and the funding and all the, you know, the sort of the nitty gritty technical kind of uh, workings of being able to set up that concept or bringing that dream to life or that idea to life. Um, in parallel, we started doing, you know, out of a, out of sheer impatience. Um, and 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 need uh, started programming pop-up cinemas or or you know or uh, or nomadic cinemas uh, across uh, different partner spaces So wherever there was room to uh, propose a kind of a a somewhat alternative you know uh, programming slate. Uh, I tried to kind of enter through the Cinemakiel uh, platform to present even in the most commercial. Um, you know, uh, programs or events or festivals. Uh, the cinema Akeel idea was to try and plug into these kind of very capitalist commercial uh, environments and and spaces with programming that would either look at the historical trajectory of, of the, you know, of the interest groups that were, you know, culminating around these commercial activities, or, um, you know, completely, you know, take a subversive, you know, uh, approach to, uh, you know, to, to the spaces that we were entering. Um, so there was a bit of that kind of, you know, fun stage of, of really negotiating what kind of, you know, what kind of cinema we're gonna be and, you know, and, and really not having to worry so much about the, you know, the, the ticket sales and the, you know, we obviously were clearing rights and working with distributors and, you know, and, and doing the kind of making sure that, you know, that it was something that would be sustainable and long-term but you know, not really being bogged down by the operational aspects of a brick and mortar version. So that's, that took another you know, three and a half years till we actually opened you know, the first version or first iteration of an art, of an art house uh, brick and mortar space, which uh, was back in two, two, 2017. Uh, we opened um, sort of a two and a half month uh, version or beta version of what uh, cinema Keel is today. And it was in collaboration with uh, two artists, which you may know, uh, Shab Moha and, uh, and Chindi. Uh, and we worked with them on the kind of the design or the imagination around the space. And the brief was we have this warehouse for two and a half months. Um, you know, we have little to, you know, to, to, like, close to, you know, to, to like, what was our budget at the time? Like 10,000 dirhams to design and, and, and build this entire space. Um, and we can't drill a single nail into the wall. So, everything had to be kind of detached to the space, so we took over this warehouse during uh, the summer of two thousand and seventeen in Al-Sarkal Avenue, which then eventually became our home and that experiment of running a full time you know twenty four hour i mean um, seven days a week uh, program you know twice uh, uh, twice an evening with an entire slate for two and a half months was um, kind of the 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 most informative. Ex, you know ex, experiment in, in really de- designing or informing how we would make decisions on how the space was designed, so everything or how the space would function how we would program what kind of people would walk into our doors you know uh, who are our communities and and really kind of i think you know anchoring ourselves into a certain kind of you know operational reality, which is what you know what the cinema looks like today um, in addition to keeping our nomadic what was originally a temp, you know, kind of a, a road map to the final stage of opening the cinema uh, became, you know, part and parcel of, uh, of our raison d'etre, you know, like the idea of just opening a brick and mortar space and that being the only destination to which, you know, in which you can access the kind of content that we program. Um, you know, became something that was self-defeating in a way, you know, and, and, and slightly elitist. Uh, within, and we, we, we found that out very quickly within the first, you know, couple of months of operating and really decided to keep the pop-up cinema, uh, you know, as, as a big part of our DNA and, and pursue it uh, as seriously and as uh, actively as we do the space
0: yeah and and your reference to uh, to archetypal models of art house or cinemas or how they should function is really interesting especially because obviously the the audience demographic in um for example the uk in art house cinemas is very different to in dubai and then trying to yeah i guess negotiate with an audience before you even know what your audience is going to look like um and yeah I, i guess that has to do with maybe viewing culture or um or I guess, just general cinema culture in the Gulf Pacific, specifically in the UAE. Um, what I, yeah, what I find so interesting is how many like big budget media conglomerates are not gi- giving way to but very slightly sort of um, encompassing a independent cinema, particularly in, in Saudi. Um, and do you think there is a, a market for independent cinema? Um, or do you think it will always be marginalized to the fringes? And how do you think, um, especially given its status as both a nomadic cinema and a permanent site, how does cinema akil fit into this ecosystem? Um, and to what extent can that be judged by the kind of people who who visit it? Um, how was how, how it received in I don't know, 2014, I guess, at the kind of very beginning to how it's received now. Is it different people? Is it the same? What kind of culture in, in the, in regional cinema does it contribute to, do you think, or operate in?
1: I mean, that's, that's the the thing that I still can't, you know, I still struggle to answer is, you know, who our target audience is, or who our, our real audience is, right? Because it's so wide reaching because you do have, you know, the kind of the demogra- demographic, you know, reality that you're dealing with in a city like, the, like Dubai, uh, the transient nature of the real politic on ground, you're dealing with the very strong presence of, you know, of, of cinema going uh, vis-a-vis the uh, multiplex industry as the kind of the only exclusively uh, the only, uh, at least you know, contemporary living uh, reference point as to su- how you know cinema going is is meant to occur. You know, so this idea of you know slow cinema or you know or community cinema or uh, you know or or um, interactive cinema or any kind of experimental you know outside the programming. You know, even in terms of the spatial aspect of you know of of cinema going. And by the time we opened our space. Uh, the, I, the the present there was no more uh, standalone cinemas uh, open in the U in the UAE. You know, so we used to have standalone you know cinemas back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then you know, by the time we opened the last standing one, which was uh, the Golden Cinema in Bur Dubai, shut its doors, and it was you know a thousand seater uh, single screen cinema that you know catered to a completely different subset of you know of what we think of as UAE community. You know, so. It's, it's not a single community that we speak to. Um, I think it's, we speak to more or our target audience is unified by maybe in the absence of a, of a demographic, you know, bracket or a profile. You know, I think the, the kind of the thing that we still answer or this, the, the, the yearning that we address is this idea of cinema as, you know, a world of ideas or a world of worlds, you know, through the language of cinema rather than a group of you know which has traditionally been the the sort of the remit of the community cinema or the art house cinema which is you know the cinephile kind of uh, you know subset of the community people who are interested in uh, in what is you know loosely termed independent cinema because it's still a term that nobody can agree to um subversive cinema political cinema and you know there there's a whole you know spectrum of you know th- things that are labeled art house or alternative cinemas or independent cinemas or community cinemas, you know fall in very different brackets in terms of their you know their programming mix, in terms of their business model, in terms of their funding, in terms of their structure. So there isn't a single uniform way of what you know what 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 defines uh, an art house you know cinema, uh, per se. But w- the thing that we became kind of interested in in this context is this idea of heightened consciousness, heightened you know, uh, kind of social and political uh, view on the language of film or using the language of film. I think that was the thing that was the unifying factor. And in a city like, you know, uh, Dubai, where you are dealing with, you know, with with the, you know, politics of worlds within a world, you know, and the absence of all, Uh, And and the kind of the absence of, you know, whether it's public space or places of respite and contemplation vis-a-vis the cinematic medium, uh, this became something that we had to, you know, design around. So, you know, even in the Dubai Film Festival, where you had, you know, extremely powerful subversive films, which had a big contribution to the Arab filmmaking uh, space uh, and, and even industry you know, it was still being programmed in, you know, in, in shopping malls and in, you know, large auditoriums and, you know, and, and designed to almost um, cripple, you know, the, the process of comp- contemplation and congregation, you know, like there is no transition point. And that became central to this idea, is how do you create a space for people who are looking to experience different kinds of films or experience different kinds of realities vis-a-vis film or think that they're curious about other you know world of worlds and or, or being even associated with what is considered alternative, you know, or being considered, you know, fringe, um, and and you know, and then have some sort of way of being able to let it sink in, you know, and 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 and, and think about the way that their life is somehow directly or, you know, or, or, uh, or subversively impacted or their, you know, their world of ideas is kind of designed through those uh, images that, you know, that they're presented with. Yeah. Simply through the idea of experiencing, you know, a one and a half to two hour uh, feature film or program of shorts or so on, there becomes this kind of larger, you know, kind of uh, existential, bridge that, you know, that that creates some sort of rallying cry that is the through line to what we think of as, you know, as our audience. Obviously, there are certain films or certain programs that draw along the kind of either nationalist lines or, you know, uh, interest group lines or subject matter lines, you know, which are, you know, either films that, you know, speak to a particular audience. So when you show a film like, you know, you uh, know, the uh, you, know, you Will Die at 20, which is a Sud- the Sudanese film that's now the submission to the Oscars. Um, you know, and it, it won a bunch of awards, you know, made a lot of noise. Um, and Amjad Abul the Sudanese filmmaker based, you know, what, that was based at the time of, you know, writing the film in the UAE. And he is, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, the UAE filmmaker. But, you know, because the film played, you know, in, in, in Dubai, you had primarily a Sudanese audience that came out. So it was kind of diaspora uh, centric, you know, uh, audiences that came out to a particular film. The same thing happened with films like um, or um, or Pawlikowski's, uh, you know, *Cold War*. You know, you had the Polish community center around the films. So that happens, you know, with kind of big ticket, you know, Oscar-centric uh, hype. Uh, that you know, that that does happen, you know, once a year or twice a year. But everything everything outside of that is more of the former. You know, more of wanting to really find some sort of rootedness, uh, contemplation, reflection, and awareness through a different kind of cinematic language. And then there's, you know, there, then there's the, the art of discovery, which is something that other cities don't necessarily have with this, site. Nobody goes to, you know, to, to, to London or Berlin to just like look at their cinemas, unless they're cinephiles, you know, like it's, whereas with, with cinema, because we're in a city like Dubai, it becomes some sort of like, you know, site, or it becomes a landmark, or it becomes a kind of a, you know, a, a stamp of, um, of differentiation, you know, which takes on a different life than, than, you know, So I can't refer to any other uh, cinema models, you know, that, that can help us think about the way that we've designed for a place like this. But to answer your question about whether there are audiences for independent cinema, absolutely. I mean, I'm betting my life on it, right. And, and this is what I'm, I'm working towards with cinema, and I do think that and, and even a fringe audience or a you know a an alternative audience or a parallel audience is also an audience you know it's still a market um, and I don't think the function of of uh, of the kind of cinema that I'm interested in or that we're interested in at Cinema Akeel is meant to be uh, you know entirely uh, part of what is currently a certain kind of economic socioeconomic structure in which the cinema going or the mass cinema going uh, you know, experience is, is, is rooted or designed.
0: I completely agree with you. I think, um, I, I think that whole ethos that you have around, around the market and the model is, is incredibly, it's got a great integrity and you really hit the kind of nail on the head as it were by, you know, by saying that we can't really talk about demographics or viewers without talking about space. Um, and particularly the connotations of that space. Um, I think it was Hito Steyerl who wrote the museum is not a factory, and the idea of how even the the art museum links to 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 the labor of yeah, I guess of a, of, a, of a factory. And the Lumiere brothers even having one of their first films in a factory. And that highly political uh, Latin American film, The Hour of the Furnaces, that was set in a factory. And how I guess how spaces. Uh, really work to inform our viewing, because even though there may be a very political film being um, screened, um, I guess the whole, aside from the kind of community aspect, the, the really strong point of, of screening in real life is that you create an installation and, you know, you kind of, you are creating a space, you're not just, you know, showing a political film, you, you, you create that environment um, and yeah. that, that, that opens discourse. and. Um, uh yeah so I mean we've talked a lot about markets and and you've talked a <laughs> about markets and models um how do you so yeah I guess moving on to programming how do you think keeping all of this in mind that this um, changes or informs the content of programming uh, particularly in in kind of reference to cinema in in the UAE or in the Gulf um, how do you approach the case of um, of censorship if at all um also mainstream cinemas in the gulf um yeah that i visited at least tend to lean more towards hollywood blockbusters whereas you're showing almost exclusively arab films i think at the moment uh, Haifa's is the perfect candidate and like you mentioned talking about trees um so could you talk a bit more about that was that a like, what informs your programming, um, and do you have a particular system in place, um, and yeah, and I'd like to hear more about your, your focus on, on Arab cinema, which seems kind of obvious being in, in the Arab region, but it's really within the kind of, I guess, environment that you're operating in, it's, it, it is, you know, pretty unusual.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the big caveat that we have to, you know, address here is that the difference between what we, you know, we were thinking about or the way that we thought about all these ideas that we just, you know, we just talked about was that, you know, in a nomadic form where we didn't have, you know, ticket sales or, you know, or or rent being the kind of the benchmarks of, you know, of how our our sustainability or ability to, you know, to function, you know, and our decision making was kind of, you know, was, uh, was liberated, I suppose, to a certain degree from those you know, day-to-day operational considerations, which are quite central to the process of, you know, of running a space like this, right? So there's kind of the, we always kind of uh, toe the line between the kind of hopeful, you know, romantic, you know, uh, romantic uh, you know, poetic notions of, of the ideas that we're bringing to life in the space that we're creating and everything we want to do, to the you know, ruthless pragmatism of our bottom lines. So And it's always this kind of dance that you have to uh, be engaged with when you do have a space and you do have a team and you do have you know, uh, you know, electricity as one of your you know, considerations and you know, other very pragmatic choices that you have to make with the kind of uh, environment that we're part of as well. So we're not a nonprofit, for example, because of certain systemic reasons. So, you know, it was easier to set up as a, as, a, as a limited liability company, which meant that we're not eligible for certain grants or funds, which meant that we had to make you know certain business decisions, which means that even in terms of programming choices, we always have to keep in mind the, you know, sort of the, the marketability or accessibility of the films, whereas the nomadic programming or partner programming or collaborative programming that we do in other spaces, you know, does have a little bit more room in terms of the ability to really you know, uh, branch far out because, you're, you know, your KPIs are, yes, you know, uh, uh, number of seats occupied, but also the integrity or the consistency of the program delivery with the rest of the, you know, the, the space or the event or the, or the platform that you're integrating into. So what that means is, you know, within the, you know, programming decision-making framework of the cinema space, there are certain industry dynamics that shape the way that, you know, uh, we, we we choose films, you know, and uh, the kind of films that we would bring to the, to the, you know, to the table and how long we would give a, you know, a, a, a release, which, you know, in a nomadic context or more of the installation type of cinema uh, that we are also engaged with, we don't necessarily have to think about, you know, so a X film that we know is going to be a art house, you know, a box office hit. I could program once or twice within a nomadic space where I'm not worried about ticket, ticket sales and I can balance that out with you know, three other uh, films or programs that I think are you know, conceptually uh, a lot more central to the kind of ideas that I wanna convey versus you know, what, having to make the call to run you know, that same film for two weeks you know, nonstop to make sure that we get the kind of uh, returns that, we're, that we need to you know, so that that becomes so the commercial aspect or the commercial reality or the at least the return on investment, because I mean, there isn't really at the end of the day, it's not a profit making, it's not a, you know, it's not a non-profit, but it's also a by-profit venture, you know, it's, and I don't want to call it a social enterprise, because I do think that's, you know, that's, um, it's a different uh, structure, you know, but there is a social enterprise hybrid, uh, you know, cultural enterprise model uh, at play. Um, so that does have some uh, bearing on the way that we think about, you know, what we bring to the space or what we can bring to the space too. Like I would love to do, you know, like two nights of, you know, um, I don't know, like, uh, you know, Rania, Stefan, like films, you know, and and just get, you know, five people to come and see that and be happy with that. And I, you know, that would be great. But unfortunately, you know, I got to keep the space running. So that those are things that are, that do become kind of uh, um inconvenience realities that you have to grapple with when you open a space like this but you know the people we're programming for are still within that same idea that larger idea of you know of of, uh, of curiosity beyond the bollywood hollywood malayalam tamil uh, egyptian pop uh, you know cinema that dominates programming in 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 a country like the uae or in a city like dubai that's what you know you have it. cinemas now there's a little bit more interested in commercial, you know, Korean cinema, for example, there's some Tagalog, uh, you know, uh, language, uh, uh, again, commercial cinema that, you know, that plays in parallel, but still, you know, you're talking to a very different kind of industry. Um, so the kind of films you typically would see at the cinema are films that don't get released, even if they're, you know, award-winning or do have the, you know, the accolades that, you know, would would be interesting to even a, Uh, a commercial, you know, uh, distributor or a theater uh, wouldn't necessarily, you know, play uh, in primary slots, wouldn't have the same kind of tender love and care of, you know, actually developing discourse around the films or even awareness around the people that work on these films. Like it's completely devoid of of the film itself. Like there's the act of plugging the film into this vending machine of sorts, you know, that, you know, is delivered through a particular kind of experience that is also designed to have you consume uh, you know, content and consume consumables, you know, because that's the big part of how cinemas also make their money is through concessions. So a big part of the multiplex kind of design is to, you know, keep that cycle going, whereas these films are not, you know, are, are very ill-served by that kind of, uh, you know, environment or that kind of program. So, what we do differently is you know, through the selection of films and through the focus on the filmmakers and through the focus on like a film, like what we have right now is uh, Zaina Durra's uh, Luxor, you know, which was uh, nominated for a grand prize at uh, the Sundance Film Festival um, earlier last year. You know, it didn't have a theatrical play and now it's playing exclusively at Cinema CinemaAqil despite it's a uh, you know, star-studded cast and kind of uh, uh, you know, some publicity around it. Um, so you know, first and foremost, try to show films that you know do have that uh, um, you know conscious element that do have a certain kind of uh, uh, significance in designing a or introducing new ways of uh, of, of filmmaking, introducing uh, or centering. And pers- perhaps that's a personal bias, you know, which is also kind of one of the struggles of programming, you know, your own cinema as well. Is that you know how do you also distance yourself, you know, from the things that you're personally idea that you're personally invested in or interested in uh, from the programming that you put out. And it does end up circling back to you. So at some point, you know, you have to embrace it in some instances and then other ways introduce systemic, you know, methods by which that can still carry on once, you know, you're not necessarily involved or, you know, at least create a balance by bringing in other people or other types of input. Um, So I do have, you know, a, a very vested interest in, uh, you know, feminist filmmaking and film and women filmmakers from the region. Uh, so trying to actually, you know, uh, give a, a theatrical run, you know, to films like so or films like uh, I Am Not a Witch or films like, uh, uh, you know, Factory Girl or, you know, the list goes on. Um, versus, you know, whereas they wouldn't, you know, have any kind of play outside of, uh, outside of this, you know, single screen cinema. A film like the, the film that we closed 2020 with, uh, which is a film from Iran called uh, uh, There is No Evil or Shaitan uh, Wujud uh, Nadorast. It's a film that, you know, that won the Golden Bear. It's, you know, all the accolades you can think of in the industry. It's, you know, one of the, you know, uh, most famous living filmmakers working in Iran right now. It's a verse of cinema. Our issue wasn't censorship and we got the clearance to play the film, but you know, it, it, there was this realization at some point, given obviously the pandemic and the way that it's affected, you know, the industry, which is a whole other, uh, you know, uh, chapter, um, is 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 that this is probably one of the very few cinemas in the world right now, you know, that uh, that is playing this film, despite the importance of what it represents in the Iranian filmmaking today, you know? So there's always this awareness of trying to, you know, bring films that, you know, are really kind of the, the single opportunity, like the one window, and I do think of you know think think of our programming in that way is you know how do we both you know cater to our you know our different multiple, you know multiplicities of audiences um, you know hold space for those that are underrepresented uh, you know leverage uh, kind of the significance of certain films and you know particularly regional films that do uh, get recognition and you know and and the, and and support and accolades and so on in other markets, but really don't have any kind of support base here because of the way that the industry functions. Um, And also, you know, um, really just, you know, showcase the films that, you know, wouldn't have a window that would particularly, that would also create this, you know, kind of tap into the uh, uniqueness of the Dubai social structure and the demographic mix, because there is a certain sense of like, you know, sort of, third world metropolis that, you know, that, that does play into the way that, you know, culture is experienced, you know, so in, in certain communities, you're playing Arab cinema for Arab diasporas or Arab, you know, Arab audiences, and you're playing Iranian films for Iranian audiences in Los Angeles, and you're playing, you know, uh, Desi cinema for South Asian, you know, communities in, you know, I don't know, in in parts of, of the UK, whereas here, you know, everybody also experiences, you know, parts of know, each other's kind of identities in a very loose way, but also in a very superficial way. So the programming films from this subset of, you know, I don't want to use Global South because Global South is, you know, is much more expansive and, uh, and we don't program, you know, equally across, uh, across that uh, space, but really kind of trying to create that familiarity and that shared Uh, you know world of ideas or even politics you know through the kind of films that we show so that's kind of how there isn't a real formula and I don't think there ever will be and if we do develop a formula I want somebody to really I do I do you know kind of crave that uh, that that um, that check to make sure that uh, we're not falling into you know a, a kind of a unified or very decisive language we've only been around for you know really a year and a half if you, you know, if you count the lockdown um and you know we're still early and we're still we got to keep learning you know more about uh, about what we need to do to be able to keep this message consistent to keep the programming that we do really informative rather than reactive
0: yeah and this idea of of constantly changing in order to reflect what is happening is um you know is key and especially to programming i mean personally i usually program around themes in respond, responding to conversations that are happening because that way you can keep a dynamic and yet it does mean that you have a lack of a, a model for want of a better word but um or a strategy but yeah it is ultimately the it, it's engaging and, and i think people engage more with programs like that um you touched briefly on the, on the pandemic um and uh, yeah, I think I'd, li- I'd like to hear about um, your your thoughts on cinema moving online. Um, Habibi Collective works as a sort of nomadic cinema and we've um, kind of we're developing a streaming service and um, and it's something that I've thought a lot about because I really think there's too many films online. I think there's definitely an oversaturation of films um, and also there's sort of little attention given to the programming of films beyond just screening them um, I think there's less conversations around the films and then there's less kind of thought to their installation on the digital space and the platform chosen and um, and everything around that so how are you finding uh, the transition? Um, how are you adapting um if you are adapting to the sort of move online i guess it's less uh yeah we were talking before the before I started recording but dubai being sort of less you, you, i mean you're you're open right so um but what yeah in terms of the digital um yeah just the the kind of general move online what what's what's the future for cinema akil what's um and what's your response to this to this shift uh, look, I mean, I've had this conversation
1: for now since, you know, since the lockdown in, in March, you know, over uh, since, and what are we now, in January, you know, so it'll be almost a year of, of these, you know, of different stages of these conversations and also different dynamics that have shaped the uh, kind of industry response to the, um, you know, to, to the digital shift. There's a lot of, so from an industry, so that that's sort of the ruthless, ruthless pragmatism, kind of side of, of, of my brain or of the cinema's function as well is the considerations that you do have to, uh, you know, keep in mind or have to work into your structure of, you know, or the real uh, entrenchment in industry dynamics. We don't work outside of those industry dynamics because, you know, there are ways in which certain programs that we do try to... Um, Leverage, uh, you know, alternative, uh, you know, production modes or distribution methods, or working directly with independent, you know, uh, creators that don't work within the the, the industry structure, but uh, the practical considerations as well of of you know of keeping the place open and ticket sales and so on also you know have to balance uh, the two together. Uh, so what that means is you know there we do have to watch very closely what is happening. Um, you know, in the film industry, what's happening with theater going, um, you know, I'm, uh, the cinema is part of the uh, CKA, uh, which is, you know, the network of uh, of art house cinemas um, across Europe, Uh, we're a member of the network of Arab alternative screens in the region, and uh, we're involved in the art house convergence uh, network in the uh, US primarily, or North America, at large, and, you know, and, and the way in which the Uh, you know, sort of studio shifts to VOD and transition to VOD and the rise of the new uh, kind of network-driven VOD platforms and the Netflix, you know, gobbling up the, you know, the the theatrical pie is very much, you know, uh, a live conversation. is very much defining the way that we'll be able to think of uh, programming. The one thing that I do, uh, you know, believe in, I'm not, you know, I I do, I've always believed in the, uh, you know the, the political function of bringing bodies together to experience cinema i do it 's not just you know out of a romantic perhaps there isn 't a romanticism to it, but i don 't think it 's driven out of a particular nostalgia because that nostalgia didn 't really exist in this context you know I do think there's a com a combination of you know of, of sentiment solidarity holding space uh, a different kind of experience of cinema going you know that is um, i think uh, you know going to survive the uh, the, the the sort of the, the Uh, hyper digitization of of cinema going or accessibility of films, you know, at your fingertips. What has changed, obviously, is the decisions of the studios to uh, shorten the theatrical window, which used to be, for example, you know, in the case of certain studios like Warner or Universal, you know, um, a three month, uh, you know, exclusively theatrical window that would then, you know, go into uh, other windows and, you know, finally transition to VOD. Uh, Then you started to see the trend of certain titles going day and date releases, which means that you release the film uh, in theaters and, you know, and uh, online at the same time. And I do think you'll see more of that. I do think that that will, so for the multiplexes, it's quite a disaster because, you know, you are relying on volume, you're relying on butts and seats, you're relying on consumption of popcorn, you know, so there is that whole model that's now being threatened. For art house cinemas, the good news is that there is always been a, there has always been a very strong kind of relationship with the communities that support the cinemas that they go to. And I'm sure you see some of that, you know, in the UK where you are, you know, where people go to their local cinemas, are looking to support their local cinemas and have a relationship with the kind of programming. and You do have a dialogue of, you know, of what what shows. And I think that has also been a space of negotiation of how much, you know, uh, community centric programming they do versus, you know, mainstream. But the point is, there is a closer a relationship and attention given to the constituents that you serve, you know, as a physical space. So I do think there'll be a, a, you know, a further eventization of cinema going, there'll be more thematic programming, I do think there'll be a rise of repertory programming to kind of, uh, you know, uh, reinstate courage and, and confidence in the cinema going experience and really bring back the kind of the, the beauty of, you know, of what we think of in very kind of uh, hopeful and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and positivist language, you know, uh, to, uh, to, inc- to, to, to keep that space alive and to keep that. And along with that will be the kind of the preservation of the, uh, you know, political uh, dimensions of, of programming for certain groups and bringing people together around certain questions and ideas and, 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 you know, and presenting work for the big screen. I do think we'll see a much wider range, you know, of the t- type of films you're going to see. So they're are, there are going to be films that still kind of insist on having a theatrical window, which will keep in mind the big screen for the kind of films they make. There are the filmmakers or, you know, or the, you know, the um, industries that are going to almost exclusively start producing for uh, VOD. There might be this phenomenon for a while of like, uh, you know, a Netflix film versus a an Amazon film and a certain kind of language of you know, of, of identities based on the decision making that happens in the boardrooms of these, uh, or even the writers rooms of these, uh, of these films. Um, what you do, obviously, the, you know, the, uh, the fact of the matter in certain, in looking at our region is the availability suddenly of, you know, other types of funding opportunities through these uh, platforms that, you know, does present a um, you know, a, a new uh, stage. I think in the in the in the production, uh, you know, the production world or a world of opportunities. So suddenly, you have people in, uh, you know, in these VOD platforms that are making decisions that used to only be held historically by studio. Uh, you know, executives that, you know, have a very different take that do have to respond more directly to the dynamics and to the pressures as well of, you know, representation of, you know, of, uh, of uh, acknowledgement of market, uh, you know, uh, reach. And, you know, that's why you do see a much broader offering of, uh, you know, of, 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 of programming and films that are being made, you know, on The likes of Netflix and Apple Plus and uh, and Amazon Prime uh, that are trying to speak to these uh, kind of I guess underrepresented you know groups and trying to leverage the presence of that uh, dynamic. Ultimately, these are corporations. They do they you know and they will be guided by um, you know by 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 the by the numbers and by the scale and by the. ultimately the, the stock price for those that are listed. So I think it's a different, you know, type of decision making. And I'm, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm still hopeful, you know, for the, you know, the future of art houses. I think, you know, struggle, you know, becomes us, I guess, you know, in, in many ways, it's always been the case, whether there was the VOD platforms or not. Uh, and I do think there's always going to be an insistence on the different type of cinema going uh, that you know that uh, art houses will will weather. They'll have to correct, and they'll have to become a lot more kind of dynamic and creative. Um, but uh, what's happening right now is just an extension of what was happening, you know, pre COVID. In a way, it's a market correction that uh, affects mainly the multiplexes. What it does affect us. I mean, like looking at a single screen cinema in Dubai as well in a market like the Middle East, uh, you know, which is really a tertiary market for you know for big releases and films. Um, we're still directly impacted by kind of the industry slowdown and the shift because, you know, certain studios have made the decision to go exclusively VOD, you know? So that means that, you know, you just don't have any films to show anymore. Uh, but we also don't, you know, place our bets on the Tenets or on the Mulans or on these big titles that, you know, that a lot of the multiplexes got hit by. So, you know, we do have the, uh, I guess, the luxury of rethinking our programming in ways that are much more responsive to even the, you know, the, the, the moment or the, you know, the, the political moment that we're engaged with, you know, so when we came out of lockdown, for example, you know, we had a completely different slate for 2020 um, in terms of, you know, festival programming. We had Sudan film week that was coming up. We had the Venice film festival selection in Dubai uh, program for the summer and a few other things. And, you know, we scratched all of that when we came out of, we had the release of For Sama, the documentary. So... You know, there was all of that had to kind of be rethought when we came out of lockdown because we're entering a different kind of world you know and what that meant was if we wanted people to come back to the cinema and you know and 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 come together in these times we had to think of you know what are the things that they're you know they're missing or they're united by what are the think what are the moods that you know they're going to be in or what are the fears that we're going to have to assuage? so we had to take kind on of almost the opposite of what we've been working you know towards which is kind of the heightened you know uh, serious uh, you know conscious sense, consciousness you know heightening type of programming that is usually difficult and you know and and uh, and and uh, investigative in many ways um, to a very escapist approach you know and what that meant was we looked to the you know, the problematic Fellinis, and we looked at, you know, Truffaut, and we looked at, you know, and not all of them were obviously, you know, problematic kind of, uh, you know, uh, relics of a um, of a particular, you know, uh, social uh, era. Uh, but obviously, the kind of thinking around the selection was very different and focused around this idea of travel. So, you know, we, we showed, you know, we, we balanced the Varda with the umbrellas of Cherbourg, you know, we balanced the uh, Ottingers with the Vim uh, vendors, you know kings of the road, so we had kind of we were like doing this 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 consistent dance that we always do, but it was a completely different way of just focusing on repertory releases um, so yeah and I mean, and that worked you know it it it, it kept us afloat and it meant that people were still. Despite their ability to, you know, sit on their couch or, you know, buy the highest, uh, you know, uh, grade sound equipment and, you know, and, and uh, home projectors and create the cinema experience at home, still wanted to come out and be seen and and see other people and share this experience and this romantic notion that I've always held, which is the, you know, experience of shared darkness, you know, and everything that happens in that uh, in that
0: environment. Thank you so much. That was, there's really a lot to think about and I'm sure it will be extremely helpful for all budding programmers, especially out there. Um, Thank you for your time, deeply appreciated. And uh, thank you everyone for listening and have a good day.